You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. A very warm welcome to The Racing Show. Sponsored by Bresbet, our new online partners. Trainers. Jockeys. Pundits. And all your racing news, flat and jumps. Every Friday night at 7 o'clock, here on Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. And let's get started straight away with all the racing news from the racing media with Mike Patton. Hello and a warm welcome to this week's racing news, uh, which comes from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. With the headline of De Bromhead Ponder's King George option for Minella Indo, let's have our first story. Kempton and Leopardstown are likely to come under the microscope as possible destinations for the next outing of Cheltenham Gold Cup winner Minella Indo. The Henry de Bromhead trained gelding returned to action at Down Royal on Saturday and while ultimately having to settle for third behind all the way winner Frodon in the Ladbrokes champion chase it was a performance that offered plenty of encouragement for the season ahead as did that of Envoy Allen, who was back to his brilliant best in the Grade 2 Join Racing TV chase. The Waterford handler said, Both were really good. Indo was brilliant and Envoy was good. Asked if he was happy with the run of Minella Indu, De Bromhead replied, Absolutely. It's a long year and fair play to Frodon and the Paul Nichols team as they did a brilliant job to have him now as he was. Our guy just takes a bit to warm up, and ultimately Cheltenham is his place. He seems to grow another leg there. He's incredible over there. Possibly the King George or the Savile's Chase could be next, we'll see. Probably neither are ideal, but he's there and we want to run him. Options are fluid for Envoy Allen, after what was his first victory under de Bromhead's care since moving from Gordon Elliott, having fallen at Cheltenham in March and suffered an injury at Punchestown. De Bromhead said, We haven't really discussed Envoy Allen yet. There are a few options, and the John Durkham at Punchestown would look an obvious one. He looked very pacey, I thought, and he's a champion bumper winner. We haven't discussed plans at all. And next up today on the Racing News, Aidan O'Brien reports his Breeders' Cup contenders to have taken the journey to Delmar in their stride, although the exact make-up of his challenge has yet to be decided. 
the Ballydoyle handler finds himself in the slightly unusual situation of having four Group 1 winners as reserves to get a run in the Longines-sponsored turf, with a fifth contender, Love, the only one guaranteed a start in the mile-and-a-half showpiece. She could yet switch to the Fillion mare turf, which would mean first reserve Japan gets in the turf. Broom and Bolshoi Ballet are third and fourth reserves respectively, with Mogul a little further down. O'Brien said on Sunday, Love is in the turf, but she might come out and go into the Fillion mares to let in the likes of Japan, Bolshoi Ballet and Broom. They are all in good form. Glownthorn is in good shape for the juvenile turf, and we're very happy with Mother Earth for the mile. We have chances. They flew out yesterday and arrived there this morning about 8am and all seem to go well. They'll stay in the barn for the next two days and then they'll be out on the track for a couple of canters after that. There are seven gone over and it depends what gets in now. Mogul is another who is a reserve. It'll probably depend on whether the Japanese filly loves only you and Roger Varian's filly Tiona go for the filly and mares instead of the turf. If they do, and love goes there as well, they'll all have chances of getting in. And our next story, under the heading, Breeders' Cup, Quick Susie Expected to Handle Del Mar. The prospect of racing around the bend for the first time in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint is no worry for connections of Royal Ascot heroine Quick Susie. The winner of the Queen Mary in June, the Gavin Cromwell-trained youngster is reported to have taken the journey to California well, having enjoyed a spin around a turn on an away day as part of her preparations. She went for a racecourse gallop and we schooled her around a bend just to give her a sighter, and she went really well around it, said Bloodstock agent Joseph Burke, who purchased the daughter of Profitable for American-based owners Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners. He continued... We don't believe it will be an issue. Obviously, her other races have been on straight tracks, but knowing her confirmation and physicality, she won't have any trouble handling a bend. She's a lot more suited physically to handling a bend than some other horses will be, I'd say. Our only concern, like for most people, I guess, over five furlongs at Del Mar, is the draw. We'll have to see how that works out, but whatever the draw is, we accept it and do our best. Gary Carroll will once again be in the saddle, and Burke said Gary was always from day one on board, from the day she was bought. There was never any question of anyone else taking the ride. He's such a good rider and gets on so well with her, he believes she's an absolute machine, and he was proven right to Royal Ascot, and we've a huge faith in Gary. He added, She travelled over on Friday and arrived on Friday evening. She's settling in and enjoying the heat. We're really looking forward to it. This has been the target ever since her Queen Mary win at Royal Ascot. Her whole season after that has revolved around this. Del Mar is a home track for Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners. Their offices are just down the road, and they are tremendously excited to have her coming over. We're all hoping for a big run. Next up, we have some Breeders' Cup news. Twilight Jet is poised to cap a busy and successful season with a run in the juvenile turf sprint at the Breeders' Cup meeting in Del Mar. The Michael O'Callaghan-trained two-year-old has barely put a foot wrong since making his debut in May, running ten times and contesting many of the big juvenile sprints in both England and Ireland. 
A bay colt by Twilight Sun, Twilight Jet has continued to improve throughout the season and hit the frame in a string of high-quality races before triumphing at Newmarket in the Group 3 Cornwallis Stakes last time out. The Grade 2 Juvenile Turf Sprint in California on Friday is next, with Callahan reporting him to be well following his Newmarket performance. He said, He's come out of the Cornwallis very well, and we're really looking forward to running him. He's in the best form he's been all year. It's huge for everyone involved. Everybody is really looking forward to it. And he's a horse that has never let us down. And we're sure he'll run a big race again. Twilight Jet made his group race debut when fifth in the Marble Hill in May and gradually edged closer to a win in the Black Type Company as the season progressed. A run in York's Grim Crack Stakes saw him finish third behind Lucille, a horse he then beat when third again in the Champagne Stakes at Doncaster. A tilt at Group 1 level in the Middle Park Stakes at Newmarket then produced a fifth-placed finish, beaten only a length and a half, after which he returned to the same track to claim the Cornwallis by two lengths. He's a very, very tough horse. He's very genuine and he has a great constitution, added O'Callaghan, who also owns Twilight Jet. He takes his racing very well and he improves from each run. The more racing he has, the better he's getting, and he's quite incredible horse in that regard. He's quite a big horse, he's a nice size, and he's getting physically stronger with every run. He's getting more confident in his style of running, especially in his last two starts. In his run in the middle park, he led them down to a 50-metre pole. It was a huge run. Next year, between five and six furlong races, I'd say he can go close to winning his Group 1. Now, Del Mar poses a different question to many of Europe's turf tracks, with even the five furlong trip run on a left-handed bend, as opposed to the straight sprint contests more commonly found this side of the Atlantic. O'Callaghan has prepared his runner for this style of track, however, and is also confident that he will appreciate the quick surface usually found at Del Mar. He said, Twilight Jet and a lot of the horses are running over five or six furlongs in Europe on a straight track, and when you come here to Del Mar, it's on a tight turning track, which is something that's a bit different to them. He added, experience means a lot. We've done plenty of schooling with him at Dundalk, which is Ireland's closest thing to an American-style track, around the turns and travelling quickly round a bend. He took that very well. He's a very balanced horse and he handled Newmarket very well both times. It's an undulating sort of track that tends to get horses unbalanced. I think he'd like fast ground. The faster the pace of the race, the better. He's got a very high cruising speed and I'm really looking forward to running him. He ticks a lot of the boxes. And on to our final story of the week. Briny Frost is looking forward to helping Frodon defend his Labrook's King George VI chase crown at Kempton, but admits she is still on cloud nine following what she describes as one of his best ever performances in the Grade 1 Labrook's champion chase at Down Royal. The pair secured their tenth victory together, and third at the highest level when repelling all challengers, including this year's well-child Cheltenham Gold Cup hero Minella Indu, with a game front-running success in the three-mile feature. All roads for the Paul Nichols train gelding now lead back to the Boxing Day showpiece for the second year running, where he is likely to clash with stablemate and two-time winner of the race, Clan Desabo, among others.
although Frodon will have to be on his A-game if he is to secure the fourth Grade 1 victory of his career, Frost is confident her loyal ally will once again give it his all in defence of his crown, judging by the manner of his latest success. She said, Kempton isn't far away, and we obviously have Clanders a bow in that race, who, with his cheekpieces, has become a force to be reckoned with. He has come out again and put up another improved performance and is going to have another plaque on his door now after this win. I'm extremely privileged to be associated with him. We know how to ride Kempton and we know our sections and know every inch of it. I will just go out and ride him to the best of my ability and give him every chance to win his race. Regardless of the price, he and I are pretty blasé with all that sort of jazz. We'll just get out there and get kicking and do our best. Many messages of congratulations from the racing world have been sent the way of Frost following her latest triumph aboard Frodon. However, she claims the best news she received came this morning from Nichols' head lad, Clifford Baker. She said, The text from Clifford this morning saying that Frodon has reached his bed and he is happy as they come, and is the kingpin of the ditchy yard again, with his banners and many carrots was great to hear. You can then sit back and go. That was awesome. It is 41 times he has now raced, and if anything, that is probably one of his best performances ever. We believed we could take them on, and it happened. The timeless repeat of Paul bringing horses out with that same enthusiasm they had the year before is great. Although Frost achieved the victory she hoped for aboard Fronan, her confidence levels were given a boost in the lead-up to the race, following an away day in Lambourne, a multiple Grade 1 winning rider, Ruby Walsh. She said, We did a piece of work in Lambourne to give him a day away. He is like a celebrity, and people were asking, Is that Fronan? And he loves that. I did a piece of work with him, and when I pulled up, I got goosebumps. There are not many horses you are riding during your day-to-day routine that you do a piece of work on and pull up and go, wow. Paul texted me yesterday morning and said, just remember those goosebumps. And then I got a later text saying, goosebumps again, with an exclamation mark. I walked the track twice in the morning after giving him a leg stretch. I went round once, and I thought, I need to go round again to see it more. I spoke to Ruby a couple of hours before and I was pleased to know what he was saying is what I was thinking about the track. We got in a little tight to a few, but the ground was on the tackier side, so me asking for those Concord strides he can do was just him putting me back in my box. Frodon once again demonstrated the best of his battling abilities to secure the 18th success of his career, but Frost admits that it was far from plain sailing during the concluding stages of the race. She added, three out, being taken out of the race was a concern. I was a little bit panicked, as that was one of my tactics of trying to get that fence right and then kick straight off the brow and down. In hindsight, it was a wonderful thing, as it gave me a bit more time, which I needed. You are looking at two out. It is slightly on the kink, and you are trying not to let your inside go. But he slightly shifts to the left, then all of a sudden the inside horse disappears, and your outside horse is your main danger. Two out he met well, and even though it went wrong at the last, he lost no time at it, even though his knees were in the birch. He is unbelievable how he has got so much ability and that he is quick with his feet and he can just get it right for you. All of a sudden you feel him digging deeper, urging forward, and the head beside you that was near enough in front of you was gone.
You are then willing the line to come, which felt like years away, not miles. He gives you a feeling that you are inevitably not going to be beat. He consumes you with his determination. That last hundred metres were so still. All I could hear was the roar, and all that was there were the grass, his ears, and the two posts, and the roar of people getting you to that line. It really gave me goosebumps. Having received a glowing reception following her victory aboard Frodon in the Ryanair chase in the 2019 Cheltenham Festival, Frost insists her return back to the Down Royal winner's enclosure was another moment to savour. She added, The crowd were incredible, and the atmosphere and the reception he got, they were so behind him. Everyone enjoyed being a part of him as much as I do in my own little bubble. When you are lucky enough to win a big race, it means the world when it is on a horse that everyone feels a connection to. And that concludes our racing news for this week, with the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, and thanks for listening. Join us again next time. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media. And now let's have a look and see exactly where we can go racing this weekend. Well, we start, there are seven races on the flat at Doncaster with an 11.50 start, seven races on the jumps at Kelso with a 12.25 start, seven races over the jumps at Aintree, 12.33 start, and seven races over the jumps at Wincanton, with a 12.40 start. Seven races on the flat at Chelmsford on the polytrack uh, with a 3.28 start. And if you fancy a trip to America, there's racing at Del Mar in the USA. And on Sunday, there are seven races over the jumps at Sandown with a 12.30 start and six races over the jumps at Foslas with a 1.20 start. Well, that's all the racing news covered and the fixtures. Now, obviously, as a radio station, we do other programmes as well. And uh, one of the programmes we do is called In Conversation, where we talk to various sported personalities who have got an interest in sport. And in this particular case, this gentleman has got an interest in horse racing in fact he's become a horse trainer after a very successful career at Newcastle United amongst others Coventry City Portsmouth I'm talking about Mick Quinn and Mick came on the show and had a chat with me about uh, his football career and of course his horse racing career and this is uh, what he said to us about his horse racing career how did you get into it I mean you said you had to go through modules I mean you know what is what oh that's the experience you needed to, to get the license but from Rick from a young age my dad used to sing to the Grand National Queen in Liverpool yeah, and being at that age was right uh, the Red Rum era where yeah. you know me and my brother used to bunk over the fence at Aintree and uh, of course Red Rum captured the imagination 70s uh, as I was growing up and that gave me the bug the passion my dad used to do the old ITV7 80 uh, sit down on a Saturday watch uh, and watch the racing and then from that I used to like a little bit here and there and then Mick Shannon I met him at uh, Portsmouth Mick yeah. was there when I signed yeah. and Mick was saying he was retiring going into racing and not a lot of people know I owned Mick's first two year old winner oh right yeah. and I, yeah. I had 40 winners with Mick yeah. uh, uh, syndicates uh, on my own clubs. and then just wanted to follow Mick into the sport really uh, so Mick was my mentor when I finished I went down to his yard and learnt the road for five years culminating in assistant trainer and then these three modules and then got my license so you kind of did your apprenticeship with Mick Channers yeah and you had to you had to do it the proper way uh, which I did and didn't cut any corners and that's how you learn as well 
Uh, I mean, I, I suppose it's you know similar to taking your badges for being a coach at football. Same principle. Um, it is very much, very much, but a little bit different in regards of um, the racing style. I think the I think the advantage probably we make, and I come from another sport. Uh, obviously, the professionalism side of it, second to none. But uh, the athletic side of it, where how to push, how to rest, how to, you know, and and that side of it being you know uh, can't go flat out all the time. You know, you've got to work, rest, and play, and, and put that to good use uh, with the with the horses, pushing them and resting them, and and so on. And you know, uh, th- that was probably a little advantage uh, we had. Um, but then you had to learn about the anatomy. Um, so so many aspects to being a racehorse trainer. You know, um, mm. and it's like football as well. You never stop learning. No, quite. So, what made you go flat racing uh, as opposed to jumps? Speed. I love the speed. I love the sprinters. I love the. Uh, Babies growing and developing as well, and you know, going 40 mile an hour. Um, well, you know, it takes your breath away, especially if one works well at home. Mm. Or they win, and there's you know, a goal score goals. Um, the buzz you get when winning mm. so more fulfilling than scoring the goals because it's your head on the chopping block, your name on the license. And, and at yeah. the end of the day, uh, you know, there's more factors to a team, to the horses. You know, you've got everything uh, when, a, when your horse wins, you know, you've got everything done, you've got the right race for it, you've got the right ground for it. You know, you've, you've been given it the right exercise. You've been given it. You know, you've got everything right on that on that day on that race. Mm-hmm. And um, how many have you got now, then, mate? We've got um, fourteen in at the moment. Right. We've only we've only got a barn of fifteen. Um, excuse me, fifteen um, uh, boxes. So we're only small small outfit, but um, we do well. We had a uh, stakes winner last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Over jumps, funny enough, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly Coping sheets. She won the first the mayor's race at uh, Hennessy Day, Newbury. All right, yeah. Uh, and she won four four on a spin and um, fantastic uh, Philly she is um, so, so yeah but we, what we try to do we, with the owners and we try to improve the quality each, each year so not numerically large mm. but we try to get that quality and compete yeah. and it's, uh, it's very hard to compete isn't it uh, as you know mm. well, it's, it's a moneyed industry that's for sure isn't it I mean oh, you, know. well, you see trainers with 250 horses 200 mm. horses and so on and so on yeah. you've, got, you've, got, you've got 15 and you're trying to take them off because <laughs> <laughs> always amuses me Colin Tizzo's got 160 down here at Melbourne Port yeah. and I said to Colin I said yeah Colin how do you you know I said how can you tell that that's lost in translation and that's Native River he said well you just can I said what all 160 of them yeah yeah he said you can tell they've got little characteristics definitely oh, and, and you, you live with them breathe with them every day of the week you know you're there first thing in the yard six Mm. Um, you're back there in the evenings you're racing with them you're tacking them up so you see them exercise every day of the week seven, mm. six, six days a week sometimes seven days a week uh, but if you're a busy trainer so you get to know them so, so where do you see it ending with you in, in the racing world I mean you know if you've got um, any uh, presumably you've got quite a few un, uncompleted ambitions within racing uh, yeah I mean I want to win a group race um, uh, they, just to explain it group races are you know the higher echelon yeah. of, 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 of racing um, so you have the Derby, which is a Group One. You have uh, Group Two, Group Three, and then listed stakes winners. And um, so we've had a small yard. We've had about half a dozen stakes winners. Mm. Uh, we've had group group place horses, which again is a fantastic feat. We haven't had a group winner. I'd love to train a group winner. Mm. No, we. 
hard to trot had um we were quite lucky we had a little spell last year with a horse called curious and he he first of all won a listed race that spell with a k yeah yeah, yeah henry yeah. candy trained it yeah no the horse yeah uh, maroon colors with the yeah uh, that's it you've got it um he uh he won a listed race and then he won a group three race and yeah, then brilliant. and then they kept putting him in against um the tash that's the one yeah and I, and I thought you know well yeah yeah you know if you could beat but you're not gonna beat Batash so why are we wasting bloody entry fees and everybody else put him in with Batash couldn't see the point well, the only thing is once you win a group race it limits you to what races you can run in then because your handicap mark is that high oh yeah so so you've only got a certain amount of options yeah and to be fair if you're going to run in them races if you finish second or third or fourth the prize money is unbelievable oh yeah absolutely I mean we had a good year last year because we get a share of the prize money weighed um, in weighed in yeah yeah definitely less five or eighty less yeah. five <laughs> <laughs> no it was it was great stuff you know but uh, and I could never uh, much as I like jump racing I, I, I don't think I'd ever want to get involved in it from point of view of ownership because I couldn't bury it if a horse, you know, if one of my horses broke down and broke his neck or whatever, that would kill no, me. That's that's. I mean, even you know, in horses injured who can't race anymore, it's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely, it was heartbreaking for the yard. Because of what you just said, you get to know them inside out. Yeah. You know, they've all got characteristics. Uh, so, well, they'd so, be a yeah, pet uh, to me, that's the thing. I mean, you, you can't have pets in, in in professional sport, unfortunately, but that's that's what well, it would no, be to me. Look, at the end of the day, they live in five-star hotels. Really? Uh, people fussing over them, loving them. Uh, and they are treated, they are racing, yeah. but they are treated uh, the best. But, but the bred to race. Yeah. Bred to race. That's what the, the breed is for. It's just like you know, any breed of, of any animal, the bred to certain things. And racehorses are bred to race. So if they enjoy it and they love it, then you are going to get sad stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, what is just just to sort of finish off, really? What it's not been a good week for racing from the point of view of the Gordon Elliott thing. How do you, what, how do you, where do you sit on that? No, uh, well, I, I think it was stupid what he did. It's uh, probably showing off to um, his mates by the looks of the picture, by the yeah. looks of whatever. Yeah. And uh, similar thing as well with the jockey that did it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's any excuse for it. I don't. He's held his hand up. He's been punished. Um, and you know you've got to move on but yeah it, it, I, tell, it, I tell you no, what though with mates like he's got no. I don't think I want them because I should think one of his mates no, must exactly. have dropped him in it I would have thought yeah four years ago um, as well so someone's yeah. dropped him in it hasn't you so yeah. someone's <laughs> kept that photo for it. Look, no excuse for it no excuse for it at all lady. No. Um, and he should be he should be embarrassed for what he's done right okay then Mickey well I think we've we've, we've, we've more or less caught up with where we are today now um, you got any runners okay. got any runners on all weather or not right we're just building up to the flat now eh? um, so no we won't have many runners between now and the start of the flat but uh, we've got a couple of nice handicappers to go to war with um, um, Denver Park what, we call what, the show what, uh, what, one to watch then one to watch uh, probably Inver Park Inver Park Inver Park right okay yeah three year old three year old right okay we'll keep an eye open for that 
Well, all I can say, Mick, is thank you ever so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate, because, uh, you know, I've always... Nice to speak to you, and... Uh, well, I'll, 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 I'll get Terry Christian to deliver it for you, OK? <laughs> <laughs> we talked sport days ago. <laughs> are you still Are you still Cheers, doing mate. Are you still doing talk sport or not, Mickey? No, no, I mean, no. Uh, I still do a few phone interviews and stuff, uh, the better show and what have you. But uh, with uh, my own, I put a lot of money into, into the yard and, you know, to spend on improving the quality and to be fair uh, you know I've got to be there all the time in case anything does go wrong you know yeah, I mean? yeah, so, yeah. so I have to limit uh, limit the appearances and it's just dwindled away a little bit but um, no I still, um, still I enjoy media I uh, really do and I think if, if this ever if I ever pack in or pack the racing in it'll be the first thing I go back to the media well don't worry I think as soon as people hear you on uh, Three Valleys Radio mate you're going to have the offers come flooded in so don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks ever so much, Mick. It's nice to talk to you, and uh, maybe we can get together and again right. sometime when you've got your Group One winner. I might see you racing. Yeah, well, you never know. If you come you down racing. this neck of the woods, who knows? I, I don't travel that far racing, <laughs> but uh, yeah, who knows, Mick? Who knows? Right. Thanks, mate. You're a star. Right, thanks ever Take so much. Care. Well, there you go. That was ex Newcastle United striker Mick Quinn, who now is, of course, very much a flat horse trainer. Okay, now we're going to catch up with National Hunt jockey Nick Schofield. I jokingly said to you last week, Nick, um, don't fancy the drive to Carlisle, but as it turned out, it was a very uh, fruitful drive, was it not? Yeah, it was um, It was a pleasure to, to ride um, to ride Papatanga Charlie that day. Um, he put him a phenomenal performance, and um, yeah, I was just the lucky one that got to ride him. So um, yeah, no, I drove anywhere to ride him. Bit of a long way though, nonetheless. Yeah, I'd never worry about that. To ride horses of that calibre yeah. and to put in such a performance, um, you'd go anywhere in the world to ride him. It, it kind of highlights the, the the whole life as as a jockey, really. I mean, I was looking at you know you're at Weatherby, then you come home, and then you drive to Carlisle, and then you come home, and then you drive to Hereford. It, it's an awful lot of miles on the road, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's um, not something I think of. I suppose I've done it for such a long time. It's part of the job, and some weeks it's easier than others, but um, it's just part of the ride. But um, if you're not driving, that means you're not getting the ride, so um, it's better to be driving. Yeah, and, and do you do the driving yourself, or have you got a driver that helps yeah, you? Yeah, yeah got a driver. I do the driving myself most of the time. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But it just, it, you know... I, th- I don't, you know, people sort of tend to think it's an easy life, but it's not an easy life, is it, by any means? No, and um, obviously you have to keep your weight in check, and that's probably the hardest bit of it all. But um, yeah, um, yeah, no, it's part of the job. Uh, and what about the rest of the week? What what sort of a week have you had? <clears throat> yeah, very busy this week. Um, tomorrow we head to Chepstow for three, and then we head to Newbury for three, and then Friday we head to Fontwell for three. Then we head to Aintree for Saturday for the Grand Sefton for three. And then Sunday we we're at Foss Lass and then back to Kempton on Monday. So, um, wow. Yeah, it, it's um, a busy, busy week and very much looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that should uh, hopefully that will produce a few winners for you as well. Yeah, we've got some really exciting rides. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to this week. Have you ridden many for Jack Barber these days? I haven't seen his name crop up that often. Uh, he had a great, great winner at uh, Lingfield the other day, of course, called Blackjack Magic. Um, down at Lingfield on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I've got a nice, some nice rides for him this week. I think one up the ship goes on Sunday. Uh, Blackjack Magic, um, not Blackjack, um, and new horse of his goes on Friday. So um, he's starting to unleash a few of his horses now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's great. The first one he probably ran will come out and won. So he's in good form. Yeah, absolutely. And and of course, John Joe's giving you quite a few nice rides as well, isn't he? Yeah, lovely rides. I've got a nice one for Mr. McManus and him on Thursday and um, some more on the weekend. So I'm um, very fortunate to be part of that. And and are you kind of up to schedule as far as winners concerned in, in the in the first what two months whatever of the uh, yeah, of the yeah season? I'm, I'm ahead of I'm ahead of what I am normally so um, ah. yeah we've hit 25 which is the, the probably best I've ever been at this stage of the season and usually we just you know getting going now but um, yeah. get 25 on the board is um, is uh, you know it's a it's um, credit to my agent really. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep it going. Keep it going, definitely. Um, what about the going now? Is it beginning to sort of ease up a bit generally? Yeah, we did sort of last week. It was dried out again now, but um, um, yeah, we could do some more rain if I'm honest. Um, yeah, just to make it all a bit softer. But I mean, uh, Chepstow. You know, as you say, Chepstow, Newbury, Voss. Last, you're going to be pretty busy next week. So, um, yeah, best of luck with all of that, and let's hope we see loads Thank of winners. You. Yeah, we'll try our best. Okay, Nick. Well, thanks for coming on as usual, and uh, yeah, we'll catch up you. with you again next week if we can, if we spare the time with all yeah. those rides. Yeah, we'll, thank you. Okay, thanks a lot, mate. See you soon, anyway. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, that was Nick Stofield, and he's on the crest of a wave, obviously ahead of schedule for this time of the year. So, good luck to him for the rest of the week, and let's hope we see lots more winners coming from that direction. Well, now it's time to catch up with one of our trainers, and that's Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne. Well, hi, Jamie. Thanks for joining us on the show. It looks from the number of entries that you've got lined up that you've got a busy few days coming up. Hi, Eddie. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, no, um, I mean, it's been a busy, busy few weeks. September, October has all been pretty pretty busy and it looks like it's going to continue into November. So, uh, yeah, no, it's exciting. Can you tell me, uh, I mean, I noticed a few familiar faces there representing Bob's going again, uh, anything for love. Uh, presumably you're quite hopeful with those two for a start. Yeah, so obviously representing Bob's one, two from two so far this season. He's, um, he, he, he's, he looks like the penny's dropping with him and he, he's off a nice handicap mark to hopefully string up a, a bit of a sequence he's back over hurdles tomorrow um he, he he's done his improving over fences although he's better handicapped over hurdles so we're going to try and eke out a bit more from him um in that discipline and what about anything for love um she's entered eat you Toxter on friday i think she, i think we're going to wait and go to you Toxter the following week with her um at, at fontwell we'll probably run all right jack um stony mountain goes to newbury tomorrow in a potential uh, on Thursday in a qualifier. If he finishes in the first six, he'll qualify for the festival. So that's the plan with him. Yeah. Um, now I've had a, a special request from a listener that's written in and asked me to uh, inquire of a trainer, and you're one of the most eloquent. So I thought you will you will fit the bill here. Um, it's re- re- returning to um, transport for horses. I mean, you know, every day you've got horses entered in races all over the country, and you've got the logistical problem of getting them from A to B. How much of a logistical problem is it? Um, where does horse safety come into the equation? Because obviously, I guess, you know, for example, if you had to drop the anchors a bit quick on the motorway or something and you've got two or three horses in the back, it's it's not easy for them either. Uh, how do you overcome these problems? So I've got a, a, a wonderful travelling head girl who um, 
who is the, the taxi service for horses to go racing. And um, she drives all over the country um, taking, taking the horses racing. She's a great driver. Um, and, and thankfully, we don't have to drop the anchor too much. Gives gives cars and everyone plenty of space in front. And sensible driving, I think, is what it's called, Ad. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, they travel in a in a in a in a, lo- a lovely lorry that we've got plenty of space. Um, if we're going two ways, then then we then we'll take transport. Um, yeah, I suppose um, sometimes it's a, a logistical problem if we're staying overnight. And we've got runners at sort of two or three different meetings. Then takes a bit of working out but um we we've got good office office team and um yeah we seem to work it out uh, do you ever take any horses abroad yeah we've taken um we've taken horses abroad facts of the matter around in the belgium grand national he was fourth in that several years back we took course we've taken horses to france a few times and and what have you um facts of the matter was fourth in a in a cross country at vichy and and one of these nights was second at otoy um so yeah no we we we, we, we do do that when the time allows and does that present any extra logistical problems in as much? I mean, obviously, if you're on the road, I suppose, presumably not because you go on a ferry. But do you have to fly or do you ever fly with horses abroad? Uh, we haven't done. We, we, we've, we've just gone um, gone on the ferry or, or Channel Tunnel. So um, we, we, we haven't done. Um, but there's no, there's no reason why they can't. Obviously, the Melbourne Cup, they fly out for that. Um, so no, um, they do transport horses all, all the way around the world nowadays. I mean, you know, when a horse goes on a plane, for example, I mean, do they have a, a um, you know head lad or whoever that's going with them? Do they stay literally kind of next to them on the flight? Or, or yeah, that's right. They've got they've got padded sails that they go in, and and um, and it's like being in a stable in, in the sky. And um, and they, they the lads feed them and and look after them and yeah d- treat them as though they were they were just travelling as normal. So yeah, whether it's in the sky or in a in a lorry, it's much the same really. So you know the bottom line then is what you're saying is it's all down largely down to your stable staff to make sure that the horse's welfare is looked after during the trip. Yeah, and and you know as as we know the guys um, we're, we're very lucky, but the guys who work for us you know love love the horses and do everything. In, in their best interest really yeah well i can imagine that i mean i think i think it's fair to say that any stable staff you can just tell they've got that that sort of relationship with the horses really haven't they that uh it, it's it's you know a loving relationship shall we say well it's a wonderful it's a wonderful job really you know on a morning like today we're up on the gallops it was it was you know the first the first sign of frost that we've had this this winter the fog in the bottom you know the sun rising over the over the um, you're on top of the world up here, and it's just glorious. It really is, and, and the guys love their horses, and and um, that's what they do it for. And what time is that? <laughs> the first lot was seven o'clock this morning. Oh. Um, yeah, so, uh, that wouldn't suit me. <laughs> yeah. Much as I love horses and dogs and things, I couldn't get up at seven o'clock on a regular basis. Well, um, they're, they're, they're up. They're up a wee bit before that. They get the horses got to be fed before their exercise. So yeah. uh, they're, yeah. they're fed at half past, They're fed at about half past five. Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Well, it takes all to make a world, doesn't it? That's the thing. It, it certainly does. We're all a bit, a bit different. Yeah. Well, look, look, look forward to the uh, for the uh, the next sort of few days, in Jamie. I hope you have a few more winners. A um, little bit quieter. From you haven't had that many runners, have you, in the last sort of four or five days? Yeah, well, we, we, we had we had two winners there last week, um, which was nice representing Bob and Legends Ride. She she won very nicely down at Foslas, and um, yeah, we've 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 been fairly busy. We've been on the go really. Um, so it's, no, it's 
quite nice. No breaking today. Nice to, nice to have a, a day off. Just taking the kids for a haircut. Um, yeah. Trying to do a bit of bit of fatherly duties every now and again. Well, why not? Why not? <laughs> well, look, thanks, Jamie, for that. We will uh, we will keep an eye on the horses, and I'll speak to you this time. Well, not necessarily this time next week, but sometime next week. Those of you who caught the very beginning of the show will have probably noticed that we've now got a program sponsor, and that is none other than Bresbet.com, who are a new online betting company. And starting this week, Gary Watcher from Bresbet will be joining us every week on the show with all the latest offers coming your way from Bresbet. Well, good morning, Gary. It's great to have you on the show, and more to the point it's great to be sponsored by Bresbet so tell us a little bit about Bresbet and how it all came about yeah good morning all yeah it's uh, well Bresbet.com one of these up and coming uh, betting companies it's a family business based in Sheffield I know it's a long way away from where you are AD and uh, you know but uh, we do have good knives and forks here as you know Sheffield still <laughs> and uh, with, as I said it's a family concern it's uh, started up by Nick Brereton and uh, it's a local uh, he was like a local chap owns greyhounds owns horses as well you look for his colours black with green and it's uh, you know we've even got a charity foundation called uh, Breast Foundation and uh, all the money that comes out of the whatever money we sort of win that comes out of the money and as I said we've got a foundation it's a charity foundation and really and truthfully we're not in it to win, win money it's just a you know we just love doing what we're doing we're we're all sportsmen, you know, Nick owns horses, owns greyhounds, as you know yourself, you know, I love the game, you love the game. Yeah. And yeah. it's just going to be a, it's a, it's unbelievable. You know, you go online, you look at com, and you see, you know, it's very, very professional. And as I said, we're only really just starting out in the game, but we will be big. You know, we've got a sponsorship already this year. We sponsored the Yarmouth Derby, the Grand Derby at Yarmouth. And, you know, we sponsored the Steel City Cup and we've got some top, top people aboard. And it's just one of them, you know, it's it's going to be, it's, you know, for me to get involved with Resbet, you know, as you know, I've been a one man band all my life, really. And uh, for me to get involved, there's something there that I like. I like the foundation. You know, as I said, it's a family concern. Cyrus running the foundation, and you know, it's just, and it's, it's just everyone. It's so friendly, you know. And you know, we we don't want big people coming on having massive bets. You know, all we are is a family concern, as I said, and it's going to be good. And you know, we'd like to go forward with your radio station and. The only way we can see is going forward with you. And as I said, we're going to have competitions every week. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the winner, the winners every week, we're going to give you uh, either two or four people. If there's four of you, we'll give you a great day out in our box at Utoxia. You get free drink, free food, free admission. We'll even try to get you to uh, present one of the trophies, whoever wins it. We'll have a word with the track. And uh, but whoever wins the competition, don't forget, I fancy taking you on even money in a food-eating competition, who can eat the most food on the day. I, I was going to mention the fact that, of course, you are known as the belly with the belly from the telly, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, eh? Belly from the telly, yeah. I've had plenty of 20 years' experience in that game. And uh, don't worry, whoever wins the competition, we'll promise you, we'll look after the two or four people every competition. We'll have one every week as well. Yeah. And you can have a day in the box at Utoxia, and it will be a lovely day as well. So great days racing. 
Don't forget, we've got Paddy Brennan. Uh, Paddy Brennan's our uh, ambassador, the jockey. And we've also got horses with uh, Nick, uh, sorry, uh, Fergal O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we've got Fergal O'Brien. He's involved. He's, a, he's an ambassador. And also Mick Appleby. Oh, he's right, yeah. Our flat horses as well. So yeah. you'll have a great day out. And as I said, you know, on the website, after this week, we'll do something every week where people can get involved. And uh, you've got Colin Brown, who works for you, and David Tite, naturally, who loves the station. Yeah, and we're we're all going to work together. We're going to be one happy family. Excellent. Well, it sounds good, and uh, I gather you've got a few uh, a few specials for us this week concerning Yeovil Town. Yeah, we've gone. Yeah, we'll, what we've done, we've gone for the local team, Yeovil Town. So what we're doing is you fancy Yeovil Town to beat Yate Town, which I think Yeovil will win, and uh, their odds on to win the match. I think they're about four to six to win the match. If you think Yeovil's going to win at half time and full time, we're going to go two to one. So just look online. The prices are up now as we're speaking uh two to one yeovil to win at half time and yeovil to win at full time we're going to offer you two to one that's the best price in the village there's a 50 pound maximum on that so uh, as i said we don't want the massive funders you know we were it's gamble aware week as well and we just want a bit of fun and if you want two pound on you'll be accommodated as well as you want 50 pound on and that's the half time and full time and yeovil town to win either one nil two nil or two one which are the real popular scores. I don't think we're going to score more than that this weekend, Yeovil. But if you, any of the teams, if they win 1 0, 2 0, or 2 1, if Yeovil win, we're going to give you odds of 2 to 1 as well. And again, that's maximum of £50, AD. So a yeah. little bit of fun. As I said, it's all about fun with us, with Bresbet.com. Fun, fun, fun. That's the name of the game. If you want to have your £10,000 on, we're, you know, that's not for us. You know, we want to give a bit of fun to the radio station and also a bit of fun with us. And, uh, you know, and we just hope uh, the partnership, you know, lasts longer, you know, lasts a long, long time. Great. Well, that's what we want to hear, um, Gary. Absolutely. And I'm sure all the Oval Time fans will be interested with that. And I'll immediately start pushing that on our website and uh, on facebook so we can get the message out to people so uh before the uh, before the actual show gets broadcast i'm sure there's going to be a lot of people want to take that bet on yeah that would be lovely that's a fantastic idea and as i said you know it's uh, it's all about fun it's not about who wins the most and who loses the most and it's all about fun and i can assure you that you know we will be we will be a very very popular I think we'll be an asset to your radio station as you will to us starting up. So, uh, you know, we're, we're all in this together and uh, we'll have some fun. We'll get Paddy Brennan on as well one day talking to you. Yeah. And we'll get Fergal O'Brien and Mick Cappleby. We've got Jonathan Hobbs. He's doing the Greyhounds for us as well. And as I said, don't forget the foundation. We've got the Charity Foundation, Breast Foundation. And we'll even get the girls on telling you about that one day and they can tell you what, where, where, where we're going with the foundation as well. So it's all about fun aid. It's not about gambling. It's all about fun. And we're trying to, we've even got young Charlie in the office here. She wants to sing a song one day. She used to work at Butlins. You know Butlins? She was a red yeah. coat, Charlie. Oh, so right, she's yeah. going to give us a song one day when we do the radio live. We've even got Charlie live here. The ex-Butlins Redcoat. How about that? We look after you, don't we, Aidy? Well, we look forward to that, uh, Gary, without doubt. So uh, say hello to Charlie from me and uh, you know, tell yeah. her we're waiting with bated breath for that one. Well, you, so you're waiting with bated breath for Charlie to sing her first song, Aidy? Yeah, you? yeah. All right. Keep well, and uh, as I said, you're playing. You're not playing with, you know, this isn't proper. This is proper bookmakers, but we're a family concern. Bresbeck.com, and we're here to stay, and, uh, you know... Who knows? In two years' time, 
William Hill, Lad Brooks, Paddy Power. They might have a competition, a big competitor. Let's hope we can. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, thanks for joining us, Gary, and we'll, we'll speak to you again this time next week. Cheers, Andy. Have a great fireworks weekend. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. That was our new sponsorship partners, Bresbet and uh, Gary Wiltshire was uh, their representative there, and we should be talking to Gary every week on the racing show and now it's time though to catch up with mr dave wilson from harlequin racing right well now it's time to catch up with our old mate dave wilson at harlequin racing good morning dave how are you hey mate yeah lovely nice blue sky and uh, soft ground underfoot can't get better for the national hunt season yeah absolutely and, uh, we're gonna have a look at the weekend ahead and uh, we've got wing carrington and Aintree on and uh, we're gonna be up here at wing carrington in person really hopefully if yeah. everything falls into plan and we don't have any COVID kids again. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a bit of a pain, well, this COVID, isn't it? It's, uh, yes, it's, it's a bit of a pain one way or another. Okay, yeah. so we're starting at Wincanton, are we? We're starting at Wincanton with a 12.40 and the horse we like in there is uh, Keep Moving. He's priced up at around about 10 to 1 at the moment. He ran three lengths behind Kate Over King, who's one of the leading fancies for this race, funnily enough. And they was off level weights. And uh, since then, he's uh, dropped five pounds in handicap. And uh, he's, he's got a good chance on the weights and everything against Kato King. Kato King, obviously, being one of the favourites, means his uh, form's rather rock solid there. So 10 to 1 looks like a nice each weight bet available on the first one there at Wincannon. Okay. Moving down to the second, we've got uh, Paul Nichols' Napa's Hill in this race. He was the leading bumper horse of last season, and uh, he came out at Chepstow opening weekend and won nicely there, but he did look a little bit ring rusty at Chepstow, so I think we'll see a, a lot sharper, a lot finer horse when we see him in the 115 at Wincanton on Saturday. He's going to be short odds, but it's a, it'll be a nice race just to go and watch. Same thing really applies to the 150 race there where Paul Nichols has got Brave Man's Games running. He looks to be a little star in the making, this fella, and uh, be interesting to see how he gets on. So, uh, again, he's going to be short-priced, and uh, it'll be just nice to watch two really nice horses uh, in them two races there. So, we'll move down to the 225 race, and uh, one we like here is Kisses for Kate. Now, last time out, she got hampered. Otherwise, she would have gone very close to winning. And last year, well, last season, she wasn't too far behind the likes of Sporting John and Silver Forever, who are real top-class performers on their day. And uh, I would imagine she'd be a lively outsider. She's priced up at the moment, 10 to 1 with Sky Bet, and they're paying four places on the race. So uh, we should have a little investment each way on Kisses for Kate now. Right. Moving down to the big race at three o'clock, and we like the chances of Irish Prophecy. He rang at Wincanton about two weeks ago, and he absolutely destroyed a field. He won, he won how he wanted, basically, and he's priced up 10 to 1 in this. It is a step up in class for him, and he's got a few pounds extra to carry for that win. But the way he won that day, I don't think £7 that they've given him extra is going to really take much away from the performance that he showed that day. OK, he's stepping up in class, but... Money's priced up at 10 to 1 for five places in the race at a fifth of the odds. It's well worth having an each way investment. Okay, yeah, it is indeed. 
Yeah, moving down to the 335 race, we've got a bit of a clash here with Goshen taking on So Royal. And uh, I'm going to side up with Goshen. He, he won very nicely at Wincanton last year. He won by about 22 lengths in a big race there. He just took the field apart. Uh, he seems to be a bit hit and miss with his running ever since he fell at Cheltenham in the triumph hurdle that time. So uh, we're going to side with him in this race and see how he gets on. So Royal race fit. He won last week very nicely. But he's taking on a different machine with Goshen and what he did last week. So uh, we're siding up with Goshen in the race. Interestingly, uh, Colin Brown was saying that he'd just spoken to uh, Gary Moore and apparently yeah. Goshen is absolutely jumping out of his skin at the moment and, you know, full of beans and ready to go. So uh, if that's anything to go yeah. by? Well, we're getting on him and that's just in, enhanced another 50 pence to go on the <laughs> pot that we put on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh. Moving down to the last race on the card, the 405 race, uh, we like the chances of Shallow River. There's not a lot of form to look at in these races, but he's a Fergal O'Brien horse, and they're winning bumpers for fun coming out of that yard. And uh, as I say, there's not much form to compare anything in the race, and the only thing to note is when Fergal O'Brien's got one in a bumper, he's well worth having a look at it. So yeah, uh, yeah. we shall have a look at that one in the last race there. Uh, we're going to move over the country to Aintree, and we'll start Aintree with the 12.33 race, and we like the chances in this one of Hillcrest. Again, there's very little form to be seen in this race, but this fellow won, a, won, and one of the horses that was behind him in third place was called Harper's Brook, and he came out on Sunday last week and destroyed a very good field, Harper's Brook. So Hillcrest must be something a little bit special, but there's no prices on offer at the moment, but he's priced up in the paper at 5-2. to two. So we'll start Andrew with him. Moving down to the 108 race, we like the chances of Pylon. He had a very bad season last year, but quite a few of Philip Hobson's horses did, and they're coming out and running a lot better this year. Now... The thing to note is this fella in 2020 was very close to winning the Martin Pipe at the Cheltenham Festival, and he was carrying six pounds more that day. So uh, Pylon looks to be worth having an each weight bet on. He's priced up at five to one at the moment with William Hills, and they're paying four places on the race. So we'll have a little investment on him there and hope he wins it. But if not, he's got to be in the first four to get our money back for us. Moving down to the 140 race, we like the chances of Cateson and. He had cheek pieces fitted to him last season, and once they fitted the cheek pieces on him, he won a couple of good races there, and uh, he ended the season on, in fifth place in a grade three, and I think the cheek pieces have certainly done the trick with him, and he looks to be well treated in this race here, and he's priced up at 10 to 1 at the moment, so he's worth having an each way investment on there. Right. Moving down to the 2.15, a race over the national fences, and time to get up is in is the selection in here. One of J.P. McManus's. And this is a horse that's been purposely aimed and bought for the Grand National, and obviously this is one of his trials to have a look at it. And he's priced up at 9-2, to two, three places on off a quarter of the odds with bet 3.65 at the moment. Now, he conceded the first run when he won the Midlands National last season, but he still managed to get up and beat the, the horse that had slipped the field. So uh, he's certainly got some pace and talent, and as I say, we know that he's just been primed for the Grand National, and this being a mini grand national entry on Saturday, he should uh, be fired up for it. So 2.15, time to get up. 
Moving down to the 240 race, we like the chances of a horse in here called Seo. Now, we've backed him already today at 10 to 1, and I think his price is now into around about 7s. Now, he won three handicap chases last season around about two miles, and he likes a soft going. And he ended the season with a good second up at Perth, and the handicap has dropped him two pounds in the handicap. So, uh, 10 to 1 was a bit too appealing this morning, so we had to have a little bet on it. And uh, I think he's trading around about the 7 to 1 mark now. So, that's Sayo in the 250. All right. Three twenty race. We like uh, Somerville Boy. We had a nice win on him last year on uh, in this race, as it goes. And he won the twenty eighteen Supreme Hurdle. So that's the talent this fella's got. And he's a, he's one of them horses that he needs to be fresh. Once he's had three or four runs, he he seems to take Peter out at the season. But when he's fresh like this at the start of the season, he's one to get on. As I say, he won the 2018 Supreme Hurdle and he won this last year, so we're backing him again. And he's currently priced up at around about 4-1 to one with about 3.65. The last race that we looked at for the weekend is the entry 3.55 and we like a horse here called Legionnaire. Uh, he's related to a lot of flat winners and he's coming out of uh, Milton Harris Yard which just can't stop having winners at the moment with Mitch Bastian riding them. Now this fella was third at Huntington a couple of weeks ago. He finished that race and he had a lot of running left. The jockey made a bit of a mistake and didn't get into him too soon and uh, paid the price for it. But as I say, the stable is absolutely flying. The longer trip will suit him and he finished finished the race up at Huntington absolutely full of it. So uh, he'll be... A nice little bet there. No prices on offer for him at the moment, but he's around about nine to four in the papers. So that's what we've got for the weekend, mate. Two two cards uh, done for you, and uh, hopefully we'll have a fair few winners. Absolutely, let's hope so then, uh, Dave. So excellent for that. Thank you very much, and we'll uh, we'll speak to you next week. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, and now, of course, as usual, bringing up the rear, we have got the cheeky chappy on safari this week at Fontwell Park. Would you believe? It's Colin Brown. Time to catch up with the cheeky chappy. This week he's on safari yet again. Not Sweden, not Holland. Fontwell Park. Good morning, Colin. On safari again, I see at Kelso today. No, not Kelso. Where are you? Fontwell. <laughs> Fontwell today, yeah. I've been a bit, had a busy week, but I've been um, Thompson, Chepstow, uh, Fontwell, oh, Newbury yesterday. Yeah, been, been pretty busy this week. I have. Well, I'm sure you're earning a fortune out of it, so I shouldn't complain too much. Absolute fortune, absolute fortune. Yeah. There we go, yeah, don't know what to do with it all. <laughs> Wish. Uh, exactly. So where are we going today, do you say? Well, I think we'll go to Doncaster first, if that's all right with you. Yeah, and, that's absolutely uh, fine with me. The, the last day of the flat season proper, if you like, and um, there's an eight-race card at Doncaster that starts in the morning. Yeah. And uh, I think the first race on the card the nursery can go to a horse called I'm a Gambler who was uh, only beaten eight lengths in a very very good race here um, at the last meeting uh, the £200,000 sales race and um, ran a good enough race I think it'd be good enough to win today number one I'm a Gambler is the one I think they've all got a beat righty ho um, yeah it looks it looks um, it looks an interesting little race. Um, we've got a maiden in the next race. One or two horses that we saw bits and pieces of form. I suppose you probably 
want to be on the 220 grander here um, at this time of the year called Kidwa, number nine. It's trained by Haggis in the 1220, and uh, Jim Crowley takes the ride. Crowley takes the ride. So I think that will probably win. I mean, there's a lot of runners here today, you know, and it's very good racing. But um, it's very difficult finding winners at this time of the year on the flat, you know? Yeah, quite. Do you think you get a few people bringing them out just as the last gasp, sort of, let's see if we can get a bit of money to, uh, you know, keep us going through the winter period? Yeah, I do. I uh, do. And also, I think that, um, you know, some horses, um, they're just waiting for a bit of easy ground and that soft ground up there. Yeah. And some horses are sort of real, real what I call real horses that love, um, you know, the, uh, the sort of easy bit of ground in this time of the year. So, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think there's some, some pretty, uh, you know, I think it's very competitive and hard to find the wins, but we'll give it a go that's what it's all about we've got to give it a go interesting uh, to see though right. did you notice that uh, this is how you know you can compare us and the americans um to, there's a meeting at chelmsford tomorrow which it says it's on the poly track which is fair enough yeah and then there's also in a meeting over in america for the breeders cup which is on the dirt isn't it, isn't it a yeah, delicate way of calling it dirt yeah no it is delicate way of calling it it really is. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, yeah, good racing in America. Fantastic. I'm not going to start trying to tip you any winners there, but um, I should be looking forward to watching it and probably go for a bit of dinner with some friends and have a little glass of wine, sit back and probably fall asleep by about 10 o'clock. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so where are we going to now? The 12.55? No, we're going to get the 2.40, the November Handicap. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This uh, here at um, here at Doncaster, and um, there's a couple of horses I quite like here. Uh, one is trained by John Gosden. He's won the race before. Has got an each way chance. It's called First Light, number eighteen. It's around about seven to one. And the other horse I like in the race is a horse trained. Um, he is drawn wide though, but she so she'll need to sort him out. Called Farhan. Number 23, Holly Doyle rides for John Butler. has got some good form and not beaten very far in a heritage handicap at Doncaster at Newmarket last time out. And uh, that was the uh, was a pretty good run. And I think um, this one won't be far away. Um, right, what else wins here? What else? I think we're going to ditch Doncaster now. We're going to go to have a little look at Aintree. And uh, there's cigarettes and alcohol. It's a great name. Isn't it? Uh, there's some great racing at Aintree, and um, I was just looking at, at a horse's name in the twelve thirty-three. It's called Cigarettes and Alcohol. Well, they go together quite well, don't they? But they're not so good for you, so people say. <laughs> um, I don't think it will win in the end. Um, it's uh, it's a pretty competitive little race. But I think a horse that will win the race is a horse. Um, is a horse that could win the race is a horse um, called San Giovanni, as uh, trained by Harry Fry and um, your man uh, Nick Schofield rides it. Has, have you spoken to Nick this week? I have. Yeah, he didn't actually mention this horse by by name, but uh, you know, yeah, he's pretty on a bit of a high at the moment. He's been uh, getting a few winners here and there. 
he certainly has. Yeah, he's a good rider, Nick, and very nice person to boot. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's got a real good chance um, in that race. So moving on to the 140 race, um, there's a horse here that I think will run a big race called Kiltili Briggs, and it's trained by Jamie Snowden. He's back on your show. Yeah, um, he he has mentioned this, and he's he's reasonably hopeful. So, um, and he's having, he, again, he, he had a, a winner yesterday, sixteen to one shot yeah. yesterday. So, things yeah. are going quite well yeah. for Jamie at the moment. Yeah, I think that will go close to winning. And then we got the um, Grand Sefton Handicap Chase, and this is over the National Fences. And um, there's a horse that was a big improver last year, one at Wincanton and one the Midlands National uh, called Time to Get Up for John Joe O'Neill. Tom Skip writes, um, as long as it's fit, I'd say it's got a great chance of winning. So uh, time to get up. That's what I would fancy in the Grand Sefton, the 2.15 at Aintree. That's not something I'd have to say to Mary, time to get up, because... Although she's in her 50s now, she does get up very early in the morning. In fact, she's always up by about 6 o'clock, so that's good, isn't it? Unlike yourself, of course. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I'll have to have a word with her, explain the uh, realities of life when you get a bit older. Yeah, OK, OK, yeah, OK. But, yeah, so, hi, Mary, well done. Keep getting up at 6 in the morning. It's always good for your health. I, I do the same. Don't always feel that comfortable um, when it's uh, cold weather, but got to get up and get going uh right uh what else wins up there at um Aintree. Uh, where are we Aintree, that'll do um right it's a hard one to call but i think Anne tunes has got a chance in the 250 number one trained by skelton disappointing last time but did win at sander time before um and i think it's a pretty decent horse and then we got the Betway Hurdle up there. Got horses like if the cap fits uh, for Harry Fry. That's over two miles and four. I think he's a good horse if the cap fits, to be perfectly honest. And uh, wouldn't be the biggest surprise if he uh, he went pretty close today. I mean, he's got a bit to find with brewing up a storm. The uh, Ollie Murphy horse, who I think is very good. Um, it was, you know, beaten not very far in the Betway Aintree hurdle there when Abracadabras won it with Buzz second he went on to win plenty of races as well as the uh, Cesarowicz so the form is good but um, I'm going to give Mr Cat Phipps a little each way chance up there at Aintree right we are now going to move down to the great Wincanton so down near you I was born near Wincanton a place called Holwell and yeah. uh I think Mary will remember that um, because we live near the place called near Wool down near your part of the world. Yeah. So a great part of the world. Um, Wincanton. I wish I did more hospitality at Wincanton. I don't do a lot of work here, but um, I've just started doing a bit of extra, so maybe soon we can get into Wincanton. So, what wins the first race at Wincanton? Um, <clears throat> I don't know, really. Uh, That's not what we want to hear. (laughs) No, it's not. It's a conditional jockey's chase, and um, it looks too difficult for me. I'm going to leave it alone and move on to the National Hunt. 
novices hurdle, this 115. And all the form, I'm at Fontmore today, and if you look at the first race, there's some great form for the first two favourites. They're all, all ties up with Napper's Hill. Um, I don't say he's a bet because he'll be very short priced, but I think Napper's Hill is one you want to keep an eye on. I think he'll improve for his win the other day down at Chepstow, um, where I think he was a little bit rust, you know, a little bit green, if you like, over hurdles. But I think he'll win again. Napper's Hill, he won the Adri bumper. Uh, and this is um, this is uh, this is um, Nichols, of course. And what I would say is um, follow Nichols down at Wincanton. He often does so well there um, because I think Napa's Hill will win, and then I think Brave Man's Game will win as well. That's going to be like two to one on. But I don't mind slinging a couple of those in um, and, and a few other horses that are in doubles and trebles because it you know, enhances your winnings a bit, doesn't it? Even if they are very short prices. So, brave man's game. Winner at Newton Abbott, the second horse, Boosel Raffles, came out and won the Charlie Hall chase. At, uh, where was it? Um, Weatherby the other day. I mean, the form is fantastic, and he looks a horse that could be a gold cup horse one day. Right, the Richard Barber Memorial. You knew Richard Barber, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I, I did. I knew Richard very well, and I know his son very well. So uh, I think it will be quite an emotional occasion for the Barber family. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. I think he's the one that will take... Um, uh, yeah, it, it's a lovely race for the, uh, for the stable to win, and that would be the Barber stable or the stable of... Um, of, of Paul Nichols, but do you know, I'm not sure. Yeah, Paul Nichols got also called Cut the Mustard in the race, who's run all right, but and he has won three races, but he had run for a little while. Um, as I look through, <coughs> as I look through the card, um, I think there's a couple of horses that could win the race uh, in front of that one. One of them's Rose of Arcadia, trained by Colin Tizard. Have you spoken to Colin? I know. No, not not lately. I haven't. I must ring him and give him a shout. Uh, yeah, okay. And I think that's got a chance. But um, also, the Nichols Yard run horse called Eglatine de Sol. There was a Cheltenham Festival winner, but certainly has been a little bit disappointing. Or ran, you know, ran third at Newton Abbott the other day. But I think there are three horses to keep an eye on in the race: Eglatine de Sol, number one; uh, Cut the Mustard, number three. And Rose of Arcadia, owned by GB Park. And that's the one that I probably think can win it today. Beat horse called Fable at Wincount the time before. Fable's come out and won a few races. So Rose of Arcadia for me in the Richard Barber race. The Badger Beer Handicap Chase looks a really, really good race, um, listeners. Um, there's some blooming good horses in that race. Um, Captain Noir from the Christian Williams yard, uh, not without a chance. Um, gosh, it's a hard race to try and put my thumb mark on, but I think probably, I think probably Highland Hunter could be uh, an improver for Nichols again. It was fifth in the uh, national, the Midlands national behind time to get up. If time to get up has already won the Sefton chase at Aintree by then. Then it's good form uh, to to, to uh, follow the Unibet Elite Hurdle can go to Goshen. Goshen is a horse that I've won money on and I've lost several pounds on when he fell when in front in the Triumph Hurdle, um, and a couple of times he's really disappointed. But 
I was with Jamie Moore the other day, and Jamie said this horse is absolutely winging. He's in great form, and he'd be disappointed if he got beaten today. So I think he's got a good chance of winning today, and that's uh, that's in the uh, in the elite hurdle. And then the 1605 race, the 405 race, um, what wins this? Um, probably, probably, you have to say anything of Nichols if he's still in the race. I'm just having a quick look through. I can't see one of his runners because... Um, one that stands out here could be the Jack Barber horse. Um, bet they'd like to have a winner on the day, owned by Jack Barber and um, Mr. Norman, and they paid 42 grand for it. It's by Fame and Glory, and it's related to quite a few winners, including a horse called Meet Me, that won a bumper here at Wincanton. So that's my last selection for your radio programme. Norton Hill in the 1605, that makes it, five past four race. At Wincanton. Right. Easy as that. Easy as that, yeah. So, yeah, no, that is it, old stuff. That's it, then, is it? We're not going to Kelso. Then you did mention that at the beginning of the programme. Well, and I just flipped through Kelso. Do you know what? There's nothing there that stands out I want to bet on, so I'm going to leave it. If that's right. right OK. No, that's absolutely fine, Colin. Um, Anyhow, good to speak to you. I've got to go now. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, We'll, we'll see you very soon, I hope. And listeners, have a great weekend. Back plenty of winners and enjoy yourselves. Good. OK, Colin, thanks for joining us and we'll speak to you again soon. Well, there you go. That was Colin Brown finishing things off for the racing show for this week. Uh, thanks to Bresbet, our new sponsors, and also to all our guests, Nick Schofield, Jamie Snowden, and, of course, uh, Mick Quinn. So make sure you join us again next week. And don't forget, full match commentary of Yeovletown versus the Eight Town in the FA Cup tomorrow at uh, quarter to three. And we'll be back next week on Three Valleys Radio with another edition of The Racing Show. Mm-hmm.